0: Whether you're taking a rip down the lease road in your jacked-up truck or flying first
1: class to Houston, Texas, it's time to sit back and relax for another exciting episode of Oil & Gas Onshore. This episode is brought to you by Tendeka, a global specialist in advanced completions and production solutions for the oil and gas industry. And now, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host, Justin Gauthier.
0: There, we're all <laughs> juiced up. New battery. Yeah, good to go. Your chair's set. Yeah, I can just in the wobble chair. <laughs> no. You got your seatbelt song?
2: Yeah, thanks. I'm super nervous about this. Good. The more nervous, the
0: better. Are you sure you don't need a, like a, a shot of scotch or anything?
2: I might. I've been telling him. He's like, stop talking about how nervous you are. You're going to ruin it for me.
0: That's fine. It, you know what? Everyone does, but then once you get talking, it's, it's almost like you forget about it. Yeah. It's funny because I interviewed someone not too long ago, and he was nervous, and he ended up... So typically when you're nervous, you want your heart rate to come down. Right. Mm-hmm. To be calm and relaxed. Well, he has coffee in one hand and a Red Bull in the other. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. And I'm like, buddy, you're not going to calm down by just like <laughs> com- stimulating the crap out of yourself. But he ended up doing really good. So maybe that's, that's the recipe for him. <laughs> so Red Bull and coffee. <laughs> yeah. Red Bull and coffee. That's
2: why I need to try next time, I guess.
0: Yeah. I'm thinking like there's something else missing to because you need the trifecta, right? So it's like, I don't know, like a cigarette shot. hanging out of his mouth or a shot. Yeah. Would have been ideal, but he yeah. just, I guess i wasn't his style.
1: He just wanted just caffeine. That was it. I can appreciate that. I ran Red Bull through a coffee pot once in college. Did you? Tasted horrible, but it got the job done. Did it? Nice. It kept you up for that last few hours yeah, yeah. of studying. <laughs> Where'd you go to college at? This was when I was at Lamar. Okay. So
2: so instead of water, you used Red Bull? Yeah.
1: Oh my yeah, I poured Red Bull in the coffee pot. So the
0: carbonation didn't do anything? It just kind of trickled through and yeah, away yeah. you went? huh How did it, it was, make? It tasted just. Terrible, oh. terrible well terrible. a lot of things in college that we taste probably are, are terrible and we yeah. don't remember a lot of it so it's okay You're it's like good.
2: having babies you don't remember the pain
0: right yeah <laughs> yeah it's that's like my wife says that all the time she's like if i would have remember what it was like the first time we wouldn't have had the second one but it's <laughs> i did like, it three times <laughs> i don't know how you do it <laughs> how old are your kids
2: epidural that's
0: how we do it yeah sure um, that yeah. yeah
2: 10 8 and 3
0: yep interesting gap yeah yeah it is <laughs> nice we'll yeah. leave that for another day yeah she was,
2: was planned it wasn't was a surprise no. okay. but then planning. we were like why did we do this
1: <laughs> and not only that but so she was born in january i turned in my notice for a job i had for nearly 10 years in february right and started the business full-time in march, march. okay so i've got a while well, she
2: was a newborn
1: two months at home and i'm we're going for it.
0: Yeah. You know, what's funny is a lot of people actually do that. It's when when the odds are against them. Mm -hmm. That's when they typically jump in. And it's like, why would you add more stress to your life? And I I went through the same thing. And one of the guys, a mentor of mine, he actually, I think his wife was pregnant. And he ended up he had a job that was paying well. He ended up mortgaging his house, quitting his job (laughs) to put money into this business. And now it's a billion dollar business. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's a crazy story. Oh, wait, oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, look, there's hope for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> You Said you're on your way to your first million, so just yeah. add a few more zeros and exactly. you'll be there. You're exactly, good. exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're working on it, right? Well, let's go ahead and get started. Cool. <laughs> we've been recording this whole time, so it's good to break the ice. Oh, yeah, so, I figured, uh, for doing I that figured.
2: Tour. he yeah. likes to do blooper reels. Yeah, yeah. So,
0: good, good. Well, for listeners out there, welcome to another episode of Oil and Gas On Shore. We're here at the Canon, we've got Darcy Chambers and Kyle Chambers. Yes, they're from Texas Quality Assurance. And I have to say, Darcy, looking at your profile on LinkedIn, Uh-oh. your title is actually pretty legit. So would you mind? <laughs> I mean, when I own a company one day, I want it to be something cool. So would you mind explaining what your title is and actually what you do?
2: The boss lady? Is that what you're referring to? The boss, to? yes.
0: <laughs> is that, that's what they say down here in Texas, the boss. The right? boss.
2: What do I do? I do whatever Kyle asks me. (laughs)
0: Hey, that's cool.
2: It's it's his business. We're a husband wife team and he's been saying for months, like, I need help, I need help, I need help. So I help and he said, We need to come up with a fun title for you.
1: Yeah. Right. To put
2: on the, you know, the website and LinkedIn and everywhere. And so I just put on the boss lady. I don't even know if I asked him about it. I think mm-hmm. I just did it. Just did
0: it? Do you have a yeah. card that says boss lady on there? No. Not yet. You, you haven't made me any cards. cards. So then you need to make it formal because it's on social media which is, you know, pretty legit nowadays. Yeah, exactly. If you have it on a card and then... <laughs> Even your name tag at your office, or if you have one, or unless it's a home business, <laughs> boss lady. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that. You know, you're setting the culture right by having some humor, <laughs> but everyone knows when they walk in your office, like you're the boss.
2: I'm in charge, and
0: you—it's got to go through me exactly. Well, that's how it works with uh, my wife at home. So I need to get her a boss lady hat or a shirt because you I would mean, win points. Yes, I think. and then it's all about the brownie points, right? Yep. So, you know, and, and another thing, and aside from quality assurance, I'm sure everyone out there wants to hear more about your experience in quilt making oh man because <laughs> <laughs> that's what really intrigued me I was like i do not really worried about quality assurance I'd rather hear about quilt making so this is what we're here for. So okay. you can just sit All back right. and relax. All right, forget about let's, that. Let's hear about <laughs> quilt well, making. Well,
2: I guess I don't need to be nervous then, because no. I can talk about that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Like, actually, yeah, tell me what? about your quilt making What do you career. want to know about it?
2: My How career. How did you get
0: into quilt making? Because it's on your LinkedIn, so it's like you're it
2: proud is. of I it. Can't, she did it is. I girl. am. Wow. It was a business for a while.
1: And legitimately, she was hands down the most popular, most busy quilt maker in the Houston area. Period. Yeah. Wow. So, okay, how'd you get into that? Okay, That's
2: awesome. so it, quilts were something that was always kind of special to me, but nobody, we didn't have any handed down in my family or any, and nobody in my family quilted or knew how to do it. So I think we were married or maybe about to get about married, to married. Yeah. and I said, I really want to know how to do this and have something to hand down, and I met somebody at church that knew how to do it. She kind of got me started, and then we parted ways, and I had to figure out the rest on my own, and so I did, and I just kind of made a few for family, like my kids, nieces, yeah. nephews, and... Then I was teaching at the time, and somebody came to me and said, hey, my husband just made captain at the fire department, and I want you to take all his shirts and turn them into a quilt. And at that time, I'd only used fabric Mm -hmm. and not cut up anybody's shirts.
1: And this is like special stuff. She was freaking out. She was about to cut them. She's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do
2: it. Yeah, I went to my coworker. I told her, I was like, I can't. I can't cut his shirts. What if I mess it up? She said, you'll be fine. You'll be fine, Darcy. Just do it. You'll be fine. Yeah. And so, you know, come full circle now, Mm -hmm. Fifteen years later, I don't know, several years later, she's the counselor at my kid's school. Yeah. And she talks about how her husband still sleeps with that blanket.
0: No way. Yes. So it's his special blankie that you made for him.
2: It is. But that's kind of what got me started then because, you know, somebody then another co-worker had all her breast Mm -hmm. cancer. She's a breast cancer survivor. And so she did all the walks and said, I want you to make me. A quilt, and you know, I did, and that's what started it. It and was
1: very, you know, I hate to use buzzwords, but it was very organic. It was just like, you know, I just went. Yeah, and that's a yeah. lot of times how those like cool
0: stories happen is it's mm-hmm. organic, and then the demand's there, and, and it just kind of like it falls in line, and it feels right. And next thing you know, you kind of you're in it, and you're you're dialed in, and you're busy, and you're working. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, you take a step back, and you're like, wait, I have something going on here. This yeah. is hilarious. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, it was a big deal. So Kyle, what's your favorite quilt? I'm sure you have a few at home that you snuggle up with. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have
1: a snuggy quilt? No. A snuggy. No, <laughs> that would, no, 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 that, that would, I never so broke bad my man out. card for that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just tossing on the table. Um, <laughs> right? No, the my favorite's probably like the second, third quilt that she ever made. It was for our our wedding. Instead of having a guest book, she no made way. a quilt, and we each picked like three different fabrics that would go in it, and then picked out some fun borders and stuff, and. So people sign the quilt instead of signing a guest.
2: and I had pictures of us when oh, yeah. we were dating. Yeah, so no. we bring and it's, it's all black the and white. So one of the borders is white, and that's what people sign with fabric markers. And it's hanging up in our house now. How cool is that? So just, I just yeah. love it. I love he actually, it. He actually, I've never actually made him a quilt. No, okay, I haven't. No, because no. I, I mean, I got so busy yeah. so fast. I never. One year, a couple, the boys have two blankets. Mm-hmm. We have three kids, so yeah. each one of our boys have two quilts I've made them, but. Our daughter's three, and I haven't made her one yet, Mm-mm. and I haven't made one for either one of us. That's kind of what so. led to
1: her saying, I just can't do the quilting anymore, is because she was just so busy doing stuff for so many people yeah. that she never did anything for herself no more, and it was about that time that I just started getting real busy, and so we we're just like, well, let's just swi- switch gears here.
2: Yeah, so I just quit that business last year, mm-hmm. maybe like October. Yeah. Even after we
1: shut we shut down the website, we shut down the Google Places. Yeah. Shut down the Facebook, and she still gets phone calls. Yeah. Because people just have her number. And it's so
2: hard for me to tell people no.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, I feel like nowadays there's not too many good resources to buy quilts. Is there? I mean, a lot of times it's it's a lot of times people like yourselves who have a passion for it that do it for friends and family. Yeah, and
2: mine's custom. Okay. So it's you know they'll bring me shirts jerseys most of what i did is you know clothing of loved ones that have passed away wow. and they wanted a memory to keep and there's online companies that you can send it off to but the they don't do all same. the thi- quality it's that's not. what we. i mean
1: this is this really weird parallels
2: it's now. not but i've investigated because several customers will come to me and say well i can send it off and i said right but they're going to give you a standard size square and they're mm-hmm. not going to do this this and this that i'm going to do and Yeah, they charge you less, but they don't do everything I do, so.
0: Do you think quilts are a dying breed, or are they
1: becoming more popular?
2: I don't know. I mean, they still have the quilt festival in Houston every year.
1: The one girl that was in our well, Hope that was in our young adult group, Mm -hmm. she decided to start quilting. Okay. So, I don't know. Maybe it's like a young millennial thing to, like, pick up some of these vintage things, but. I
2: feel like maybe if your family does it, you pick up on it, maybe, but. Yeah. I mean, my boys, even our oldest, he's 10, and he would come over there and say, Mom, can I help you? And I'd like he's got a scar on his <laughs> stomach does. from where he was ironing and didn't have a shirt on and burned himself with the iron. Oh I uh,
0: guess you learned your lesson there, yeah. kiddo. Yeah. So what does it take to be a, like an elite quilt maker? I feel an like elite? It, I feel like, because like, you're obviously on that level. Is it like one of those where you have to be committed and you have to be very detail-oriented and, and be able to... Just focus in for hours and hours and hours because you're doing it by mm-hmm. hand, aren't you?
2: Oh no. I have a machine.
1: Oh, it, it's a machine thing. Still machine, yeah. but it's all hand cut. It's all hand laid out. She does like I crazy amounts of math because she doesn't like to pick someone else's pattern. She'll create her own pattern. Yeah. yeah. So it means like you know, there's too much overlay and just I couldn't do it. But that
2: I really yeah. And like I said, I like to do it custom. So a lot of the t shirts are just squares, but like the lady that had the breast cancer shirts. She had a couple that were like rectangles mm-hmm. or whatever, and I would work them into the border. And I did the same thing with the fire department. So then you have to mm-hmm. figure that out to center it and make sure. Well, he you had know, put his patches in the corner. All his right? patches yeah. went in the corner. Wow. So, and I'll do, you know, like I said, I can't tell people no. Yeah. So they bring me, you know, dance costumes and jerseys, and we want his starch denim jeans in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, literally, they stood up. Oh my. They stood up on the wall. I never knew about starch jeans until I moved into the States. And I was like, Are you wearing cardboard? Like, what are you doing? Yeah.
2: Well, it's, it's like painted Texas. cardboard. Yes. It's crazy, but it's like, really hard to cut.
0: I bet. Well, I feel like there's a major skill set required for that because I can barely measure and, and put together Christmas gift wrapping, let no, alone yeah. making a quilt. So, like, yeah. That's I commend you for, for doing that. I think, I think it was just neat. I saw that. And I was like, I have to talk to you about that. Because I don't know anyone advice. who's well,
2: like a serious that, quote. Well, I appreciate that. Because, yeah. you know, that, that's something I'm very passionate about. And it I is. like it. It takes but,
0: patience. Though, but
2: right? just so the listeners know, I'm not doing it anymore. No. So please no,
1: don't no, call no, me no, in. <laughs>
0: You you you've heard it. The boss lady does not quilt anymore.
2: She's I'm moved on no. to a better life. I am saying no.
0: Okay. No. Well that's we'll make note of that that there's no <laughs> quilt requests going on. But you know what would be neat? I just thought of this. So like Ten Deck is our sponsor and, and mm-hmm. we do a giveaway, which I'll mention later. But if you did a giveaway for your guys' podcast, because we'll talk a little bit about you guys are starting your own. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could do like a mini quilt for a giveaway. I think that would be cool.
2: So many hours go into that. It is so many hours. Well, maybe
0: not. I think I just would like a quilt. I'm just trying to find ways to get one.
2: I said no, Justin. I know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, let's let's move on. That was good. I'm glad we got to talk about that. Yeah. (laughs) So so tell us, so both you guys, tell us a little bit about yourselves and how. You became boss lady at Texas Quality Assurance. We haven't talked much about Kyle, his, his background and, and your title. I'm sure you got something fancy too. But, <laughs>
1: but Kyle, why don't, why don't you talk a little bit about yourself and how you, you got started up with Texas Quality? Yeah. So I actually just posted something on a YouTube yesterday about it or LinkedIn about it. Is It really kind of goes back to when I was in college working at Best Buy. And I was working in the Geek Squad. I was, I've always been a computer geek. I you know got certifications when I was in high school and all this type of stuff. And so just need, you know, part-time job. And we'd lost kind of the the supervisor and the management staff had changed up and really no one knew what was going on. And it was stressing the tar out of me. So I started writing a manual and I wrote a manual and divided. It was like 40 pages, 60 pages long. By the time I was finished, here's how you do this in the uh, internal systems. Here's how you contact the service center for when they have different issues. Just start going through all of this. And it got the department running good and, you know, life was good. And I guess word about me doing that had spread to a few of the other stores and I was really needing a full-time position at the time. Where was that? That was in Conroe. In Conroe, okay. And so then I got a full-time position in spring largely because of, you know, my organization and kind of at the time didn't realize it process oriented way of thinking. Yeah.
2: This still and, wasn't the route he was going down. He was no, just trying to make the business no, more efficient. I was studying architecture
1: at the time. I had no intent of doing any of this. <laughs> None. I don't regret it at all, but I had no intent of being where I'm at. I was I was going to school for architecture. And, you know, so met my wife and said we wanted to get married, have a family, and architecture wasn't the route for it. So I decided to switch majors and wound up graduating with uh, management information systems. And got a job working for a gas turbine repair company. And they needed a systems administrator. So just kind of all around IT guy. So we got the exchange server going, got email flowing, got the website rebuilt, deployed the business system, all the printers running, you know, just kind of typical stuff to get the business going. And that took about six months. And very quickly, I was out of a job.
2: He's kind of a workaholic.
1: Mm, Yeah, I love it. The owner actually got mad at me because I would show up at seven o'clock instead of eight o'clock because he would get there at seven o'clock and that was his time to work alone
0: oh and so it so was our- a little bit of competition so did you <laughs>
1: so i can picture that
0: you're you're pulling up into the into the parking lot and if it's like his car's there you're like oh you know i didn't so then the next morning you, you kind of go earlier and earlier i mean was there a little bit of like actually when really you walk in it really was. Like, like i could picture you sitting in your office and, and I, what was his name It was Joe. Joe. Joe walks by, and he thinks, like, you may have parked off to where your car was in the parking lot, he walks by thinking he's first, and he looks over at you, and you're sitting there, and you just give him the nod, and he's just like, damn it.
2: I feel like this is a commercial for something, like some kind of protein bar to get you going in the
1: morning. No, but yeah, I have a little bit of workaholic. I I enjoy work, and I enjoy work, you know, where it matters. And so, you know, that went on, but I worked myself out of a job real quick. And he'd hired some management consultancy, and he was really trying to get ready to sell the company. That's, that's really why he brought me in, is because he couldn't sell the company without a functional, you know, computer system. And so I spent maybe two days surfing ancient Facebook and YouTube, and ancient, you know, ancient. I was like, I, I can't do this, and you know, I, I can't work this way. So I started poking around, trying to find different things I could I could do. They had a a future org chart that was out there, and so I started putting in a couple of boxes on it, and. I was very quickly told no that I'm not the person for that job. Great. <laughs> right. So I was about ready to start looking for a job because it just, you know, whether or not I was gonna get to keep it or not, I didn't want to work a job where I had nothing to do. And that's just not that I can't operate that way. And so we were in a staff meeting and honestly I was I was zoned out. I wasn't even paying a lick of attention. And they said something three times that they needed a tech, technically minded person to head up a health and safety program. And so, finally, I caught the hint that they were talking about me. <laughs> no. So, I started putting together health and safety program. You know, you start putting together health and safety, you start noticing different environmental issues that need taken care of. Then you start noticing calibrations and management and, you know, all these different things that need done. so, real soon, I was put in charge of developing a integrated health, safety, environmental, quality management program. We were... There's a little bit of a fun story to it, but I was given... 11 months and three weeks to get us certified to ISO 9001, the quality management standard, and OSAS 18001, the health and safety standard. And they wanted us to pass an internal audit, third-party internal audit for the environmental management.
0: So that seems like an odd timeline. 11 months and what? Three weeks. Why not just 12 months or Because 11 months. they made a <laughs> it promise. Seems so weird to me.
1: They made a promise to a client who has turned out to be their second largest client over the last few years that they would be certified by a certain date. And they had already failed to attain that target because they didn't even bother telling me we needed to get certified. That makes sense. So I had a very hard date and I, they were contractually obligated to be certified by that date. And so I think we had about two or three days to spare and we got this certificate in
0: nice, Uh, but
1: we did it. It it was a lot of work.
0: Was it just you or you had a group working Mm. with you?
1: Me trying to rally other people to the cause. Okay. It was very much a good old boys club. Yeah. So when you're starting to throw a lot of policy and procedure and requirements, I don't, I don't like it much.
0: Were you working with Joe for this?
1: No, Joe had left. The company had sold by this point. Okay. okay. So cool. he was, he was out of the picture. Right. So Freshly out of the picture. Yeah. Okay. So you
0: beat him to the punch. I like that. <laughs> And couldn't take it anymore. I <laughs> no. was coming in early. He was like, I'm done. That's it.
2: <laughs> I quit.
0: Yeah. Or your
1: boss was like, "No, you can't hang with you, so you're, you're out
0: of here." So anyway,
1: yeah. So I started working a lot because everything was paper based, right? It's all incredibly manual. This is stuff that really so many companies deal with. And Excel spreadsheet upon Excel spreadsheet, photocopies. I remember to get a corrective action completed, I would have to compile four different photocopies of the same corrective action because an engineer made notes on one, a supervisor made notes on another. I made notes on a third one, and my management team signed off on a draft version of the final. And so I had to combine all of this stuff together, literally cut and paste signatures <laughs> to make it close to official. And this, you can't operate that way. Mm, that I, seems not very efficient? right? But no, yeah. <laughs> no. And it was just, it was getting a little ridiculous because it was such a manual process. And we were on such a tight timeline, so it really, you know, compacted what most people would do in six months into about a, you know, six week schedule for us. And I worked over hundred hours, three weeks in a row. And we were in the boys game room and Darcy had a, a pretty tough conversation with me and she was <laughs> completely and absolutely right on everything she said, but I didn't know how I could get another job cause heck I couldn't even afford to interview somewhere else. <laughs> right. Um, so I uh, went into my manager's office and uh, basically told him, I said, I'm going to take two weeks. And I'm going to find a better way to do this. And so I started uh, taking my IT skills back into play. I'd already dabbled with some software for a while, trying to help things out. But never, you know, never pushed it out to the company. And I said, I'm going to put a software solution in place. I'm going to do it in two weeks. And he seemed very skeptical. He did not like the idea. So I pushed even further. I said, I'm going to turn off my phone. I'm going to uninstall Outlook. And I'm going to turn off my cell phone. I'm going to do this. That made him less happy. <laughs> but two weeks later, I did it. And it worked. And we actually got a corrective action turned in. Oh, but this is I, favorite I story. I love the story. I love it. Dude, so, I can tell you're just, you're teeing it up for like the punch. Here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just
0: waiting. I'm like, something crazy is about to happen. So
1: he literally only logged into the computer once a year for health insurance purposes. That's it. Once a year, he'd check health insurance. Everything that needed to be done on the computer, he had an engineer that they were, you know, they worked together real well. And so his engineer would do all the paperwork for him on the computer. Well, he was backlogging five or six corrective actions and, you know, all this type of stuff. And so within an hour of going live, he got an email notification that he had a corrective action. He went in on his BlackBerry, so I guess it kind of dates ancient, everything a little again,
2: bit. Ancient again, yeah. yes. ancient. Yes, are they? BlackBerry still around? They were a few know. years ago. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I They um, took the, the world
1: still by storm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Huh. And yeah. they were, you know, they tried to come in real quick after the iPhone with a touchscreen, but it was oh, far behind. Yeah. yeah. No, it,
0: once I went, once I got away from BlackBerry, it was like the world just finally was complete. But it was good. <laughs> I, I gotta, anyone that used to ever work at BlackBerry, you guys did a jam up job. You introduced smartphones to the world, and now Apple is just, just kicking everyone's ass. So. Yeah, yep. pretty much. Yep. Well, I know there's a battle now between iPhone and Samsung. But anyway, that's a totally different, <laughs> t- yeah. different episode for a different day. Yeah, yeah. But
1: anyway, go but ahead. Yeah. So he grabbed his BlackBerry, edited the corrective action on the because uh, it was uh, all web based. So he logged into the website with his user account that he uses for to log into to his computer on the rare occasion he logged in. For the health insurance. Yeah. And <laughs> so he typed out with his thumbs on the little keypad all of the details for the corrective action. Lots of misspellings, but didn't care because he did it, right? He took pictures of the inspection report. He took a picture of the fixture that they developed. He took a picture of the qualification record and attached it all. Within one hour, the guy who had never turned in anything was the first one to complete it online. So and it's just little teeny simple. But didn't you say
2: about that that then you went to see what was wrong with oh, your yeah. system because you thought that. it was a mistake because he literally <laughs> never got on the computer. I didn't
1: believe it. I thought something went wrong. I didn't. That's true. I didn't even bother looking at the corrective action. I got the notification that it was completed in my email and I thought, ah, oh, crap, something's wrong. And so I start digging through logs. I'm looking at the workflows. I'm looking at the code. I couldn't find anything wrong. And so, yeah, two or three hours later, I finally looked at the corrective action itself. And yeah, sure enough, he completed everything. I I just (laughs) couldn't have imagined it. Yeah, (laughs) that's too
0: funny. So what after that? I mean, was that right before you ended up getting with Texas Quality Assurance? I mean, so tell me about the transition to where you're at now.
1: Yeah, so that was probably 2012. Okay. Okay. And then 2013, there was a consultant we were working with very loosely, but uh, he did a little bit of, a little bit of help for us. And he had a client that was API Q1 and had a couple of design stamps. He made uh, indicators and uh, Christmas trees and a variety of variety of products. Actually, it's just a couple miles from here. Okay. And so he was on a highly, highly manual system. The bookcases that he had to fill that kept track of all of his reports and documents and records and drawings would fill the room where twice over. Wow. Incredibly manual. Part of it was because he started his business in the 70s. He first got his stamps. I think 78 was the first time he got a stamp. So he's been doing this for a long time and he never changed. He still had a typewriter. Oh my gosh. Um, I mean, (laughs) this is how he ran his business. The drawings, he had a lot of hand-drawn drawings. He had Recently started doing some work on the computer, but he was highly manual. And I think one reason is that he didn't like change. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Typical for the oil field. Yeah. Uh, yes, absolutely. And I think part of it, too, is he knew that he could confuse the crap out of his auditor by making everything so incredibly manual. Well, I don't know. And if...
2: maybe they would give up asking. Yeah. If they can't find yeah. it. Yeah.
1: And so had <laughs> backfired on him. They said, we can't budget the number of days to audit you. That's required to audit your system. So either you get electronic or you lose your stamps. Of course, you know, business would go under it. And he's, he's just done. Mm. And this business has been going since the 70s would disappear. And so consultant we were using was also working with him. And he'd seen the system that I created. He's like, how can you rebuild this somewhere else? I'm like, yeah, sure. I could. And he said, well, I was talking to a guy that was given 60 days to get electronic. How soon do you think you could do it? Hmm. And this was with 47 days left. <laughs> and I was like, "Well, pretty quick, I guess." And so I immediately went from working hundred hours a week back down to about fifty, whoop, back, back up, up. to hundred <laughs> to build this for him. But so build-
2: basically, we didn't see him for you know a year or two. Yeah,
1: it was <laughs> bad. But that I was those really of
0: things the that you, you jump yourself into or yeah. commit to, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, You commit to it and then you make it happen somehow.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, I was. Of course, there was, We weren't doing any cloud based anything at the time. It was all on premise. So I'm literally building a server on our kitchen table.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> that reminds uh, me of Have you ever seen the seen the show, show Silicon Valley? Uh, Never seen it. What? No. Oh my goodness. It's a bunch it's a bunch of guys that they have this incubator and they're trying to build this computer program and they it's literally a house and there's just computer stuff everywhere and their tables are full of like servers and <laughs> cords and stuff. And they're all just geeking out. And yeah, it's yeah. I don't know if you guys are ever into TV series, check it out. it's pretty funny. But it reminded me when you talking about your kitchen table with building a server it's like exactly what they did. So yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I had the server sitting in our window seal because I didn't have any better place to put it <laughs> yeah. with a monitor sitting on top of it and keyboard and mouse over to the left of it. And so I spent two weeks writing all the code and building everything for the software. And then by the time we got it deployed and running, he had three days left until his audit. So we conducted a one-day internal audit just to verify that the system was working. And he's still in business today. Wow. So it's still running on the exact same server, actually. He hasn't even upgraded it.
2: So then he realized, like, hey, oh, I yeah. might have something here.
1: Yeah. I mean, th- that was the eye-opener. <laughs> I mean, that was the eye opener that it worked so well for my company immediately worked so well for someone else like this is something.
0: Yeah. Okay. well, I want to quickly interrupt you. Sure. For let's take a quick break. And for all the listeners out there, if you'd like to support the show, please subscribe and do me a huge favor and take a few minutes to leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to. Any feedback is welcome and appreciated as always. And if you want to, if you're listening and you just want to say hi, hit me up on LinkedIn. Tell me what you think. I'd certainly appreciate it. I do want to read this week's. we had a review come in. That was pretty cool from Christopher MC from the USA on February 24th. One of my favorite podcasts. Great mix of guests. It's very intriguing to hear each of them to discuss operations in their respective field. Chris, I appreciate it, man. Hit me up on LinkedIn. And if you're from Houston or around the area, let's grab a coffee. I really appreciate the support. All right, so Kyle or Darcy, each of you, tell us a bit more about Texas quality assurance, what you guys do, how you add value to the marketplace, mm-hmm. and who your target audience is if in the event someone's listening that could actually utilize something like that you
1: guys are offering. Yeah. It's been the same literally day one. This is going back to twenty thirteen. It's on the very first sales, you know, PowerPoint that I ever put together. Is the goal is to save time and energy for what matters most. Now, what matters to people is different for every person, but you shouldn't be stuck doing endless paperwork. You shouldn't be stuck doing reworks of your product. You shouldn't be stuck in endless meetings. You should be able to get the work done and go on to something else that matters.
2: So it goes back to when he was working those 100 hour weeks. Yeah. And, you know, we had two young boys at home. Yep. That were very active, and very active. I was working full time. Yep. and I said, I right. need you home, <laughs>
0: right? So, what give, give me an example to, to for me to be able to wrap my head around? Sure, give me an example as if I'm a customer and I came to you. What would be like, what would the question be that I asked you that to where then you could say, Here's what we offer, and here's the deliverables? Yeah, how does that work?
1: A lot of the folks that come to us are already looking for certification services. Okay. I don't know if that's necessarily the realm that we, we always want to be at. We'd like to be able to, to get in contact with folks a little bit earlier. That's just kind of where, where we are now. And a lot of people see certification services as, not everyone, but a lot of folks, as, well, my customer said, I need to get it. Well, I need to get it to get this work. Well, I need to get it for these different reasons. But once we actually finish the process with them, they see real quick that these certification services are like, ISO 9001 or API or, you know, whatever it is we're looking at, right? Automotive, the IATF, you know, these are little more than documented, common sense, good practices. Mm -hmm. And so then you really have to figure out, well, how can we put those in place in our company? A lot of people get a really bad taste when they hear ISO 9001 in their mouth because they've been in an organization where the organization's first step to solve any problem is to throw an additional form out there, throw an additional sign off throw an additional work instruction. It's bull crap. It's right. absolute bull crap. That is not how you solve problems. That's how you band-aid them. And so eventually, if you've got a big cut on your army and keep throwing band-aids on it, it's going to get infected and fester. And it's the same in businesses. If you just keep throwing band-aids on it, eventually your people are going to be paperwork to death and nothing's going to get done. It's just ridiculous how, how, how much wasted time happens in organizations and as a result so you do have a high rework issue in your company but if it takes you four or five sign offs and you know two three weeks just to look at a non-conforming product report and come to an idea of a root cause well you've already blown past it you've missed your opportunity to improve and you're just going to keep falling behind and falling behind and falling behind and so we're able to step in and help you find all of those gaps and all those little weak points Part of the way that we've been able to do that is, you know, myself and a couple of the members of the team is we just have a lot of diverse experience. Like one thing that I did for myself to try to gain more experience and learn more about how different companies operate and different industries operate, how we can tile that in together, which when the podcast comes out, you'll see that that's our target, right? (laughs) Is these diverse operations is I started doing third-party audits. So I got registered as lead auditor for a couple of different uh, certifying bodies. And so I'll actually go out and doing one Monday uh, cool. here in Houston and I'll go out and do the certification service for you. But in the process, it means that, you know, you get to look at chemical plants. It means you get to look at electronics manufacturers and you get to look at, you know, compressed gas and specialty gases and you get so many op- opportunities. There's just so many ways that, that you can, you can benefit a business, but it's not, it's not anything so straightforward as buy this widget, buy this software and it'll work for you. I mean... Personally, how many times have you used a software that was supposed to make your life easier and it turned out that just complicated things and didn't do half of what you wanted? Yeah, it happens all the time, right? So this one I I said earlier, it's really interesting parallels with what Darcy did with her quilting business and what I try to do with my business. We didn't plan it this way. (laughs) I don't do anything stock. I don't do anything canned. I don't do anything out of the box. Nothing is out of the box. And that was the same way with Darcy's quilting, right? And that's why she got so popular. You know, when her website was up, if you search quilts, you know she was on page one on Google across the nation. And
2: that was people. You know, I mentioned that was people's frustration. They would send their T-shirts off, but mm-hmm. you're going to get a standard square, mm-hmm. which might cut off some of your graphic mm-hmm. or whatever. And whereas mine was all custom, I would meet with you. I'd sit down, which is kind of like his yeah. consulting. Right. You know, He's going to sit down, mm-hmm. talk to you, look at what you have in place, see what you need, and let's get that customized. Mm-hmm. And let me help you figure. It. And since he's an auditor. He knows what the auditor okay. coming in is going to be looking for yeah. to help you
0: get what you need. Well, yeah. it, it sounds like both you share a lot of the same characteristics and such that you want to go the extra mile for the Absolutely. customer because yeah. that's that's retention for customers mm-hmm. and ultimately that's how you're going to be able to compete in in such an environment that you know I'm sure you're not the only ones doing this or if you <laughs> no. are then you're you're well ahead of the curve but. Yeah, you gotta go to the extra mile and, and show the customer that you care and you're willing to do whatever it
1: takes to make mm-hmm. sure that, that you're adding as much
0: value as possible or even more than they expected. So
1: that's that's awesome. Yeah, and we start every project with an assessment. And the the goal of the assessment see when we do some of the, you know, depending on who you talk to, you call it gap analysis or assessment. Kind of really depends on how you hear their lingo as to way you word it, but it's the same idea. Is it's not a full-on audit. I actually was trying to do some work with a health and safety auditor here locally. And he was wanting to do a gap analysis of the facility to start with. And he had a 600-question questionnaire. I'm like, no, 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 we can't do that. Let's just walk in and talk to him. Yeah. So we'll walk in and talk to him. And the first thing I'm going to start doing is I'm going to start identifying what your processes are. I'm going to start looking at how we map those processes. And, you know, you let me think, well, what are our processes? Well, everyone's got some basic ones, right? Like you got document control. But where are your documents coming from? Your documents come from a different source from someone else's documents. Maybe yours are pro- largely product manuals that you're trying to pass along to your customer. Maybe yours are coming from a design team. Well, there's all sorts of different ways that this stuff integrates. So let's find those little bitty hiccups and those little bitty holdups to make life easier.
0: Very cool. You mentioned a little bit earlier and we talked about this. You guys are actually starting a podcast as mm-hmm. well. So congratulations <laughs> on you. that. You've Thank been you. recording and mm-hmm. you're well on your way. So, uh, describe to the listeners what the podcast is going to be about and and when they, you know, when you guys launch on iTunes or whatever platform it is, uh, what the listeners can expect.
2: Okay. Well, I guess I'm going to take the reins on this one. Kyle tried to put me in charge of this, so I have to admit I'm fairly green okay. in the oil-filled and the quality field in all of this. I don't know a lot of what he talks about. I've just learned in the last few months and I don't really know that I fully learned. That's okay. (laughs) Everybody
0: starts somewhere. Yeah.
2: So we started the podcast and he wanted me to be a part of it. And I said, no, I don't, I don't know what to talk about. I don't know anything about this. So I'm going to look stupid. And so we discussed it with some other people and they said, no, it'll be perfect because then you can kind of help bring it down for other people that don't understand. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, like he said, we can investigate the diverse areas that this could go go in. So I've actually had a lot of fun with it. It's called Quality Matters. I'm kind of the host and the moderator. I keep Kyle in check. <laughs> <laughs>
0: nice. So you're the boss lady for the podcast. I'm um, the boss lady
2: for the she podcast. So nice. I am. That's I am. I decide what we're going to talk about.
0: <laughs> good. Good. Well, when you guys launch, let me know. That way I can give you guys a shout out on one of the oh, episodes. Totally. It's March, 12th. March 12th. March 12th. 12th. That's the date. OK, well, you've heard it here. I don't know. This might actually air that week. So oh, yay, if you're listening, go ahead and search it up. It's going to What's it called again?
2: Quality Matters. Quality
0: Matters. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, congratulations on that. One other thing I want to ask you about and when I was surfing out on LinkedIn, you guys have some interesting memes. Who <laughs> makes the memes? I love it. Well, They're it depends awesome.
2: on which one you're it talking depends. about. We
0: both do. We have fun with it. Yeah, yeah. that's neat. Like,
1: you got the Lion King one. And then you that's got him. The, that's me.
0: Yeah. Okay, and then it's, it's
1: not Star Trek. And then we've got Star Wars stuff. The Star Wars, yeah. yeah he yeah. likes
2: the Lion King and the Star Wars, yeah.
1: Yeah, I got a kick out of that scrolling yeah. through. I was like, they must make these. <laughs> yeah, we, we do. do.
2: <laughs> we do. And that's one thing, you know, I haven't really mentioned on our podcast as we've been recording is like we are really down-to-earth people. You know, you mentioned we have we care about people. We care more about like you said, you know, saving time and energy. So we are really silly. We're down to earth. We like to have fun with things. Good. You know.
0: Well, no, it's it's been certainly a pleasure talking with you guys over the podcast. We've had some good laughs. And I think doing, you know, whoever out there is looking for something, the service that they offer, they're generally good people. So reach out to them. I want to take a quick break here as well for our podcast giveaway. So it's now Ooh. time for that. Tendek is known for their innovation in advanced completions and production optimization, and they have a cool giveaway. It's a mini portable projector. It's a goodie mini LED projector, perfect for home theater, boardroom, office, and pocket video. For a chance to win, click the link on the show notes, and we'll announce the lucky winners as they come in. So some events we've got going on. We're launching the Midland and Dallas-Fort Worth Happy Hours in April. We had to push those back a little bit, but they're coming, I promise you. We've got our super happy hour here in Houston. It's definitely one of the best oil field happy hours in Houston. And it's really interesting because it's diverse. You got people from the drilling world. You got people from completions. You got people in tech. And a lot of times when you're going to a happy hour in the oil field, it's you're you're kind of pigeonholed with people that you typically work with. So if you're looking to get out of your, you know, your shell and, and sort of see what else is going on in the oil field, I really invite you to come here. It's really neat. i most of the events I've gone to, they're all drilling related and you're you know, you're with other Drilling fluid or drilling bit or whatever, salesman, and you got drilling engineers and drilling managers. <laughs> and it's interesting, but you, you kind of get sucked into the same group of people. Well, this is extremely diverse. You get people from all walks of the oil field. So if anyone out there is interested, the next one's going to be March 26th and it's every last Tuesday of the month. So come out enjoy cold beer from our sponsor, <laughs> Carbog, food from HEB, and just the opportunity to network with other professionals in oil and gas. If you look in the show notes, the links there with details. And we'll be shortly putting, you know, the link to where you can register and and come in and have a great time. A few of the upcoming events, we've got the Emerson's Grand Opening event. That's March 1st, which is actually today. So I'm a little late on that one. We've got on March 4th, there is the Industrial Virtual Reality and AR Forum that's here in Houston. That'll be pretty neat. And again, I think this is going to launch afterwards. But if anyone went to that, or plans on going, or I guess would have already went. Hit me up. I'm interested <laughs> to see how that went. We've got the IP nine 2019 congressional call up. That's in Washington. So if anyone in Washington is listening, you better go to that. It sounds pretty interesting. <laughs> That's March fourth to the sixth. Uh, we've got energy fundamentals March seventh. That's in Midland. We've got the HSE for unconventional oil and gas 2019. That's pretty important. You know, there's a lot of push for just increased HSE awareness and different programs and stuff like that. That's in San Antonio. That's March 19th to the 21st. And then we've got the IPAA's Texas Wildcatters open here in Houston. That's on Thursday, March 21st. We've got that brings us into April. I'm not going to rattle on. There's obviously (laughs) a lot of events coming up, and we're going to have links in the show notes if you want to register to any of those. All right, guys, well, we're getting close to wrapping things up you know, I really want to appreciate your guys's time. And, and again, thank you for everything. If the listeners want to know more about either of you is LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. I mean, what's the best way to get a hold of you guys? Probably
1: LinkedIn or just straight through the straight through the website. Mm-hmm. Right. OK,
0: so we'll make sure we put the website in the show notes. We'll also put your guys LinkedIn profiles in there, the the link to where they can hit you up there. Is there anything else you want the listeners to hear about or anything else you'd like to to talk about before we sign off here?
2: I don't think so. We appreciate it. That's very much
0: appreciate it. It's been fun. Awesome. It has been. Well, again, that's a wrap. And always remember, oil and gas onshore providing energy for the world through innovation one well at a time.
1: Tune in next week for another captivating episode of Tendeka's Oil and Gas Onshore Podcast, a production of the Oil and Gas Global Network. Learn more at oilandgasglobalnetwork.com.